They come for me and place a heavy price upon my head They say I've lived a life of waste and shame They say they'll see me once again when I am gone and dead At night I hear them whispering my name they promise me more agony than any man should feel The blood upon my hand shall be my own Hey everybody, welcome to episode 28, Sinner Sundays um, Before we get into our show, you see before you Streaming platforms that we are streaming live on right now uh, Hellfire Radio Facebook we are live on the Hellfire YouTube, and we are live on the Hell Entertainment Twitch. Um, this is going to be probably one of our last shows on Facebook due to some new regulations set, set forth by the powers that be that we cannot control. Uh, so we will be moving our show over to YouTube and Twitch. Um, we will have more information on that and links and where you can find us as it's right there, but throughout the week. Um, so with that said, let's kick it off with Drew, our Demon of the Month. Ew. Drew, our abandoned photography, will actually be joining us next week, which is pretty rad. Hell yeah, punks. We're going to get Drew in here. He's going to uh, talk about his love for photography. The no feedback. <laughs> Uh, his love of photography, how he got into it, where he's photog- where he's out of, and all that good stuff. So we will have him in next week. Um, yes. Yes. Later tonight, you can catch us after the show. 9.30, Sinner Sunday's recap over on Hellfire Instagram. So be sure to check that out later on tonight, if you're not here. Hello. Sunday, my dudes. Sunday, Sunday. Oh, happy Sunday, happy Sunday. How's everyone's weekend? Football Sunday, that is. Opening day. Woo-woo. Patriots. You can show <laughs> up your <laughs> You've got your football jersey on. That's all that matters. Yeah, how about them Patriots? Patriots taking it. Cam Newton scoring looking two. Looking good, looking good. Very excited. Tom Brady losing. Gronk choking. Sucks to be that, man. Maybe he's regretting going to Tampa. Traders. Who knows? It's the first game of the season, but we're going to talk all the shit about it every Sunday right here. <laughs> <laughs> or over there. Yeah, or over there. <laughs> um, so, Hell Entertainment, we are doing a pumpkin carving contest. Sure are. Who's we've, got the skill? We've got uh, the pumpkin carving contest between the Hell Entertainment crew and we invite you, the folks that tune into our show, to send in pictures with your carved pumpkin for a chance to win some prizes and hopefully defeat one of the Hell Entertainment crew members' pumpkins. Yes. Video cool, too. Like, video. Keep yourself doing it. Yep. You can make a cool video out of it. The full flyer with all the details on it is 
up on the Hell Entertainment Facebook and on the hellentertainment.com. So please go check that out. Send in your submissions. We would love to see what you got. Um, just a fun little thing we want to do to keep Halloween in the spirit alive and the times that we have going on right now suck. So, yeah, that is that. We have a very the whole inside carving out part that we don't we don't we don't want to see all the guts and everything. Just get to the cool part. No guts, no glory. It's <laughs> got a point. Um, I didn't put the slide in here, and we have a very cool guest today, uh, Nick, Living Dead drummer. Uh, we're going to learn about him in about well, 10 minutes or so. So stay tuned to learn about Nick. We're raffling off a signed drum head that he's used in the studio and a pair of his custom-made drumsticks. Yes, so share, share, share to be entered. Share, like subscribe, like, whatever you do. You know. Please you know the it. drill. So... Yeah, so we were supposed to watch um, Don't Look Now, a movie done in 1972. Three. Three. Um, we didn't watch it. I watched 20 minutes. I watched the trailer. Uh, <laughs> Christina watched it. Yeah. I use horror movies, as most of you know, if you're a horror fan or a lot of like a porno. <laughs> With some weird stuff going on. So, Christina, why don't you tell um, our viewers it about us that? Because a little I didn't bit. get to see the whole thing. I it was it. it was hard to watch. So <laughs> somebody said like, "Hey, it's a great horror movie." So I'm like, I quickly read it on like Wiki, and it said thriller. So I'm like, "Okay, all right, this is exciting." And it started off horribly. Um, I'm just gonna go at it. A girl drowned. Doesn't even say how. She was all happy playing. I got that um, from the trailer immediately, which I thought was. But she was strange. like, she was there. She was like walking on this log or two by four or something, and then. There was a ball floating. So you just assume she drowned. Like, Okay. And then right. you see the dad come out and uh, let Christina go off on it. There was, it was, I think the whole movie was more of moaning, whether if it was just sadness, grief, um, the Sex. porn scene, pretzel making scene. <laughs> um, so there was a lot of that happening. Um, and it was weird, like, the couple moved to Venice. Uh, the husband was restoring a chapel, and then the wife met these two ladies who apparently have like psychic powers. And they're like, "Oh, the husband has it too," and she had no clue. And the husband started seeing all these different premonitions that actually led to his death in the end. I had to read about this because I'm like, "Not nothing's making sense." <laughs> it, was just, it was slow. The longest part was the porno scene. Um, yeah, that was interesting to see. Uh, rate scale? We should do like a one to six Hellfire rate scale. This is kind of like a negative six. Like, oh, there shit. Was, there was nothing horror to it. Um, the storyline was just weird. I mean, it's from the 70s, but still, there was... Uh, um, it was horrible. <laughs> Even the acting, like when... What got me, and I was like, I can't do this, was when the mother turned the corner when she was on the phone, when the daughter first drowned, and like that the father's holding her, and like the cut to her screaming was, was like awesome? so bad. It was like ah, and like for a one point one million dollar budget, I get it. It's not a big budget for a movie. They could have done a hell of a lot better. Yeah, I mean, oh. apparently it was supposed to take a 
asshole or like um, focus on the grief of losing a child or something. But there wasn't really anything. To, it was just weird. They're like, hey, this is the story, uh, a book that we want to just make into a movie so we can make money. But it was, I really, really wanted to turn it off. But I was like, no, I can't. I got to watch the whole thing. Well, it was really weird when he was looking at the pictures of like the church. And like he saw the daughter's red coat and then it started bleeding over the picture. That was awesome. You know, he gets murdered there. I'm like, I can't. Okay, so we decided we're going to do the movie every two weeks. So we're going to pick a movie tonight, get two weeks to watch it. We'll talk, make sure we'll remind you to watch it. And we will watch it because that gives us time. We want fan interaction <laughs> to watch it. It's funny as that. Um, what's up, Don? Our first Twitch watcher. Don't know how to use this thing yet, but just want to shameless say Don, shameless Don, shameless. <laughs> yes. He was on in our earlier our earlier days. He was one of our first. Not one of our first, but like when we when we first started doing interviews, he was one of our yeah one of our first ones we got on here. And we'll have him back on for sure. It's always fun to talk to Don. Yeah. Don Shameless. He's the man. Check him out. Find him everywhere. Find him on Twitch. So, uh, what porn are we watching this next two weeks? Hopefully not. What? Hopefully something good. We need a need a. I'm gonna say Friday the Thirteenth. I think somebody put that in there as a joke. They're like, "Hey, hey, this is a horrible movie, but we're gonna make them watch." Maybe they enjoyed it. I don't know. People like things. People like things. People, People do like things. This one I do like. We're doing, this is my horrible handwriting. You can't see it because my camera's awful. Oh, no, there we go. The fourth kind. All right. The fourth, fourth time. Kind. That one I'm excited to do. I haven't seen it in a while, and I there. will gladly rewatch that one. We will watch it as well. I'm writing it down because I know you're going to post for it later, but I've never even heard uh, of it. Is there a third kind a and a second kind? I like first I've one? seen it. It sounds really. But other, I'm other gonna kinds. I'm not going to say anything about it. You just <laughs> got to other kinds. Other other kinds. That's what I want to know. <laughs> if there's a fourth, I there's going to be a first, second, and third. That's, that's, no. Why and not? I, guess, I don't know. So, yes, yeah, so we just want to remind everyone that we will be sharing links on Facebook from now on. Maybe... Uh, we have this show. Maybe we'll do one more next Sunday on Facebook. We're not sure yet, but starting October 1st, Facebook is taking away live mu like music, live music. Um, like basically you cannot play music as long as if you don't have the rights to it anymore. So going forward, we'll be on YouTube, Twitch, you know. We'll be, we'll, <laughs> we'll be around. You can still find us. It's still going to be posted on hellentertainment.com. We'll post the um, links here as well. Hellfire Radio. Entertainment, my Grace Links, Big's Facebook. Seeing us, you know, you'll be able to find us, so don't worry. We'll get them all We're up there. <laughs> but please go to the YouTube, subscribe, like, share, uh, share this show off for a chance to win the, the items from our guest today, who mm -hmm. will be checking in very shortly so we can get him up and running. Um, yes. One of the things that really made me mad that the Facebook people had stated. Oh, this is, oh, yeah. This is the thing. This is the thing. Okay. <laughs> this, this is what grinds Ashley's ears. And we, we, we haven't done this in a while. Check it out. 
check this out because it's so nuts. Okay. So Facebook also owns Instagram for people who don't know. So that also includes Instagram with music. And they said that they want their technology to be used to connect family and friends to one another, not to connect musicians to their fans. I'm like, first of all, half of my friends, actually probably all of them, 98% of my friends and people I consider family is because of music. Mm-hmm. That's fact. And Facebook, I feel like, help you take a freaking downfall from taking away what we all have while there's still no shows. Well, that's the thing. It's why I get the big record labels and all of this. They want their piece of the pie because with social media, bands can do their thing and get seen without the backing of a a record label. I also get it. So why don't don't they should be like, hey, send us Sundays, pay us 20 bucks a month to play music while you talk over it. Okay. But why shut it down now when, like you said, there's no shows, there's no nothing. Let us do what we do and help promote these local bands. We can't even play local music. I know. I know. So. But we're figuring it out uh, with everybody. I shake my fist in anger. At you, Facebook. (laughs) But don't forget. And don't forget the app live. Yes. Because we're also on that every Tuesday morning. Ashley is on her fucking game today. I know. And yeah. I'm look at and I'm like doing you're sharing, all of this. You're multitasking today. I'm good. Yes, live 365 app. You can catch Center Sunday's rewind at eleven thirty Central Standard Time, which is twelve thirty Eastern Standard Time. I didn't realize that last week when I was trying to listen at eleven thirty and I'm like, <laughs> Diego, why isn't my show playing? She's like, because it's central time, you idiot. I'm like, oh, Makes sense. Makes sense. Makes sense. Um, yep, Live365. Make sure you check out all the other shows on Hellfire Radio, uh, Scoops and Mischief, the uh, Silent Morning Show, Rock Assault Radio, DJ Mary. So many shows Token up there. Talking with the Dead. Um, so many shows on there. Go to hellfireradio.com. You can check out all the shows there. They're listed. Uh, pretty kick-ass website. And... Uh, we're streaming all over the place. Streaming, yeah. And uh, we got the our homies. We got our guest, Nick, Living Dead drummer, in the back room. So send in your questions if you're watching, and uh, let's bring him in and chat and see what's going on in his world. What's up, man? Hey there. What, what's going on? How are you? I'm doing good. How are you guys all doing? We're good. We're good. Just trying to plug away and uh, figure out this whole new thing with what Facebook's doing. <laughs> oh, a musician, how are you feeling about it? In all honesty, I'm I'm kind of on the fence about it. So, like they they were limiting and doing weird stuff anyway on their platforms for a while. Like I remember. It had to be last year at one point. I was doing something on like Instagram Live and I had my radio on in the background and it cut my stream off. Oh, yeah, we've been there. Yeah, it identified whatever song it was that was playing. And I was like, oh, that's weird. Okay. So part of me says, well, this isn't anything new. And and it's due to rebroadcast and copyright stuff. It's like buying a, a, you know, buying a movie 
you know, buying a physical DVD of a movie, and it always has that disclaimer that say you're not allowed to rebroadcast it. So it's kind of the same rules of like you're not allowed to rebroadcast, but where it's different is like if you are the actual artist and you are the one who owns that material, then it gets a little bit weird and dicey because like anytime I put a video on YouTube of me playing with a band, if it's a band that ha is um, has had material released through a distributor or a record label or a production company or whatever, I get a copyright notice slapped on me within five minutes. Like I yeah. upload and I check my email and there's automatically a copyright note saying that that music is owned by somebody else and uh, they're going to place ads on my videos and the revenue stream from those ads gets diverted to whoever owns the publishing rights to the song. And it doesn't matter that like it's a band I'm in or it was a band that I helped write that song or recorded that the drums on that song or whatever it is. That doesn't matter at all. It has to filter through the proper channels. Mm -hmm. Right. So with this Facebook thing, part of it is like I get it. And the other part is, well, you know, that's just making it a little bit harder for people to to then reach an audience, especially people who are trying to break through the ice a little bit and um, find their audience. So now they have right. to get more creative and go around the system a little bit. And, and there's going to be ways to get around it. Like people are clever. There's always a way to figure out a way around anything or they're just going to be offloading and, and there's going to be some new platform that comes out that's going to be more catered towards streaming music. And it's going to take all of your money away, just like something like Spotify does. But people are going to do it anyway because it's the popular thing. And and the cycle continues and moves on. <laughs> you know? Exactly. You're not wrong. No, I'm, I'm a little I'm a little on the fence. Part of me is like, I, I, I don't care. And the other part of me is like, I see where people are getting upset. Yeah, and it 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 sucks on our end because we're trying to plug you guys, plug your music, play some videos if we can, and now we can't do that. So now we're forced, our hands are forced to either go somewhere or do more of like a talk show kind of scenario, right. if you will. Right. That's the thing is that that limits things like this where you can't be like, hey, we have a clip of your new whatever, and you can't exactly about it. Yeah, um, not on. Facebook or Instagram, but on other platforms, it's still available. And you said you guys are streaming live on uh, Twitch and uh, YouTube, YouTube, right? Yep, yeah. we're on the Hellfire YouTube right now, and then we're on the Hell Entertainment Twitch page right now as well. Okay, um, so they haven't slapped any guidelines on you yet, right? Nope, nothing yet. So we're just rolling with the punches, and we're just going to kick, kick it and have a good time. Hell yeah. Right. No, you, you go. got you, you to look at the positivity and all, and... You know, it gives exactly. us a chance to take over a new platform and make ourselves known over there as well. So, yeah, <laughs> and you'll you'll expand your audience by just trying to offload the people that are already following you on Facebook and trying to shuffle them over to a new platform. It's it's an uphill battle, but it's one that definitely could be beneficial in the long run if you right. if it's done right. You know, absolutely. Oh, yeah. So, want to tell our viewers a little about yourself and what you do. Um, okay. Well, I am a drummer and that's it. No. <laughs> uh, and there's nothing interesting about it. Uh, I'm yeah. So that's kind of actually it. Uh, it's, I'm a, 
I'm a drummer uh, in Los Angeles, and I, I'm a what you would call a session guy because I'm not really, you know, I'm not in like a band. I'm in every band. I so um, I play for whomever um, is dumb enough to give me money for it. Um, <laughs> uh, so in the past, um, the majority of my work was done on stage. This year, that doesn't happen. So the majority of work is done right here in this room. I'm actually sitting, it's dark with the lighting, but I'm actually sitting at my, my kit in my studio. Oh, perfect. <laughs> Very nice. Because it's a better backdrop than my kitchen table. And um, <laughs> with, with option B. So, um, yeah, the, the majority of this year, anyway, has been spent right here uh doing recording sessions for people all over the world actually so that's amazing um, yeah there's a, a lot of new music is going to come out probably anywhere from now to next year that was all recorded over the last six months from various artists and stuff like that and it's because well we can't go out on stage we can't go play a show so now it's the time to write and record right Absolutely. so do you um, when musicians set you up, bands set you up, do you get to write your own parts? They have ideas for you that they want you to like ballpark around, or do you, are you the one who starts the base of a song and sends it to them so they can write around you? Um, yeah. <laughs> Just yeah. All of the above. Everything in a nutshell. All of the above. It really oh. depends who's who's calling. Um, some people will give you a little more freedom. And they yeah. will say, you know, we want you to, to just do your thing on it. We we called you because we want you. We want your input. We want your take on it. And then other people already have something very specific in mind. And uh, they will, it, it can go to, to both extremes. They can, they can send you a part and just be like, do whatever you want. We don't care. It's, you know, and then other people will dictate like every single note you play. Right. And and I I've been subject to both of those and everything in the middle, um, and then a lot sometimes people too they will have an idea in their head already of what they want, and I usually give them options like I'll I'll do a couple of ideas first and I'll send it back to them and I'll do one that's like exactly what they asked for, you know, copying their demo as close as I can. And then I'll do one that was just me ignoring everything they asked and just going off of my own natural feel. And 99.9% .9 of the time, they like that one better. <laughs> That's awesome. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Very so cool. Do you find yourself now with COVID in the last six months, you're busier now studio-wise than you have been in the past because of what's going on? Oh, absolutely. Um in the past, because uh, recording sessions are, are actually like, I don't want to say that it's a dying art, but it's definitely one that has um, drastically been impacted by the advent of technology and the internet. So um, even the, the top level session guys who made their name doing this and played on everybody's record back in the day have experienced... Um, a downslide over the last 20 years or so. And it's because now anybody can go to any music store 
and buy all the equipment they need to build their own recording studio instead of going to an actual recording studio that was already set up. Uh-huh. And with the uh, advances in software and, and programming, things like that, a lot of people are just programming their instruments, drums specifically, um, because you can get really good, high-quality sounds. There's stuff you hear on the radio that that's not a drummer. That's someone sitting behind their MacBook going like this. And, right. and most people can't tell the difference, uh, especially if it's done really well. So drums more than anything else has been curbed a lot by technology. And so if I did three, maybe four sessions a year, uh, I would consider that a pretty good year in terms of the recording session aspect of of the job. Um, Most everything I did was getting on stage because the one thing no one wants to do is just sit a computer on stage instead of a drummer. Some people do that and it's lame. Uh, Most people will, even if their drums are programmed on their recordings, will then hire somebody to come and duplicate it live with real drums. That's where I always came in. Uh, but with the fact that we can't really do that anymore, and we haven't been able to do that for the last six months, um, everybody now has shifted into recording. And while a lot of people still are programming and stuff like that, the fact that some people um, are fortunate enough to have their own recording setup, like I do, and I don't have to go to a recording studio and pay an engineer and rent the room and, you know, basically triple the cost for the artist. Um, The fact that I can do it all myself and just email it to them that afternoon um, has actually had people gravitate towards, well, we could spend time programming it or we could just call Nick and he can just knock it out for us real quick and we don't have to worry about that. Right. So in the last six months, I've done almost 20 different recording sessions. How did you yeah, some of it's like, some of it's a full record. Some of it's just one song or two songs. Uh, some of it might be two songs for the same artist, but three months apart or or something that's more ongoing. But overall, like on the resume, there's right now, I counted the other day, there's 19 different projects that all had me recording drums on it since March. So this has been the biggest year for recording sessions that I've ever had. That's awesome. Because that's all we got. We can't do much else. Right. Exactly. (laughs) In a a normalized world like we were last year, if you did a whole record for someone, would you go out on the road with them when they go on tour and be their drummer? It it depends. Sometimes yes, sometimes no. Um, Some people want you to just come in and record the drums and then they're going to figure all that stuff out later. And then um, other, a lot of other people already had the drums done. I'd say the bulk of my work live has always been me learning what another drummer recorded or another um, musician had programmed. A lot of the time it was that too. So most of the bands that I was going out and working for live I didn't record those records. I was just learning the parts after the fact. Um, when it comes to recording, I'd say 
most of the time I would then go and play with that group live as well. But not not always. It wasn't always exclusive. There were plenty of bands that I came in and I would lay down maybe two or three songs on what would become a 10 or 11 song record. And I only contributed a little part of it. And I I don't play with them regularly. They, they get somebody else to do it or they already had somebody else to do it and they just wanted to mix things up a little bit in the studio. Um, it's not uncommon for some groups to bring in three or four drummers and have them record the same songs. And then when the record comes out, everybody gets credit for it, and you don't even know if you if it's you or not. I've definitely listened to stuff in the past going, I don't I don't know if that's me. I can't tell. And I had to like call and be like, What songs did I do again? Like, oh, you did show you're on track six and track four. And I'm like, Oh, okay. But I couldn't tell. Like, you know, because every drummer used the same kit or something like that. And the way it was engineered and edited and produced on the back end. They made everybody sound like one person. <laughs> right. So. That's very cool, though. Like, yeah, to be part of projects like that. And like yeah. you said, when you get the call, you're like, wait, is that me? Like, that was kind of cool. <laughs> yeah. Have a nice kid. Usually I try to um, sneak stuff in. In those situations, I always try to sneak something in that makes it a little bit identifiable and unique. Where, right, like, like I'd, I'd use, like, very particular symbols or something like that where it's like i know i own that symbol <laughs> you know what i mean and i know the sound of it so distinctly that when i hear it i'm like okay i know that's me it doesn't matter how they manipulated the sound of the snare drum or the rest of the kit <laughs> nobody owns that ride symbol i know the sound of that symbol so um i i do that once in a while too oh <laughs> yeah do you have uh, anything in the works right now? Uh, a lot of stuff, actually. Um, right. So in the immediate future, as in in 30 minutes, uh, I am stepping into a rehearsal with a band that I'm flying to Baltimore with in a couple of weeks because we can play a show in Baltimore. Um, venues are apparently open with within certain restrictions and right, right. sales and whatnot, but uh, we're starting rehearsals um, tonight for that, actually, and that's with um, Michael Grant and the Assassins. Michael Grant is a guitar player. Um, he played in LA Guns for a number of years, and then uh, he put out a solo record earlier this year, and I technically, I technically got the gig with him back in March, like four days before the world shut down. So we couldn't do anything. We couldn't say anything. We could, there was nothing. And um, it was just kind of a waiting game. And then he hit me up a couple of weeks ago and he's like, Hey, we got an offer to fly to Maryland for, a, you know, a private thing. And I was like, let's do it. So yeah, why not? <laughs> we're starting rehearsals tonight for that. And, um, and that's going to be the second week of October. I forget the dates, like 9th, 10th, 11th, something like that. Um, playing his solo material, which is cool. And then this Tuesday, uh, the Rhythm Coffin has, uh, we're debuting a new music video with a single. And also that same day, you can pre-order our new record, which comes out October 1st. The entire thing was written 
recorded, mixed, mastered, and will be released all within shutdown. That's we incredible. Have, that is, yeah. <laughs> we have never stepped foot in the same room with these yeah. songs. We've never played these songs before other than recording our parts. I did all of the drums right here and just emailed tracks back and forth. I did all my backup vocals standing in the corner over here um, and just emailed everything. And everybody did all their own parts from home and sent them out to get mixed and mastered and everything. Uh, our music video is animated, so we, we still have not been in the same room. Uh, so the music video that's coming out on Tuesday for the first single uh, is all cartoons. And um, that will be on the band's YouTube channel. And of course, we'll put links on other social media stuff um, as well. And like I said, then you can uh, pre-order the record. And it'll be on everything. It'll be on you know uh, Spotify and iTunes and Apple Music and Amazon and everything else. There's going to be physical CDs still available, too, because people like to collect those. Because we have the same cartoonist that did the video. Uh, has done the artwork on the band's last four records. And they're all kind of, they all have a theme where it's like, they're all sort of color-coded. So people, a lot of people don't even know the names of these records. They're just like, oh, I want the purple one and I want the green one. You know what I mean? Um, so that's actually the first like real release um, of the year from a group that I've worked with like completely in isolation. And, That's uh, very cool. I'm, I'm, I'm excited to hear that to, to, to hear how it all comes together, yeah, sure. and to hear a final product, because we all hear because we you know we, we hear about you know folks like yourself individually sending stuff to each other, but we never, from what I can tell, I've never heard a finalized mastered piece. I think it'd be cool to hear, oh, yeah. to see what comes about it. It's I'm I'm really happy with it the way it came out. We got the masters back about a week ago, a uh, week and a half ago, I think maybe, and I was. I was thrilled with the mixes. I was thrilled with the master. Um, it doesn't sound any different than the studio that we normally would go to. We used to like, I've done, this is my third record with the band. They've been around for years and years and years. They put out material long before I was um, ever met them or anything like that. So this is my third run with them in the studio. And the last two, we rented out a really big, nice, lavish, studio like a proper recording studio with a big room and high ceilings and all the you know all the bells and whistles and that's what we did the last two records at and they sound fantastic listening to the one that we did on our own where like a guitar player is literally just like sitting in his living room at his computer playing through all of his recording equipment and i did the drums right here you know with this wall next to me and everything it doesn't really sound any different than the stuff we did in the big studios it came out just as good i'm just as happy with it um and our basis we didn't even hire an outside engineer for this our our bass player knows how to do all that stuff he he's got a, an education in recording and stuff so we were just like you want to take a crack at mixing it and he was like yeah i can do it and when he sent the mixes back we we're like okay we can do this like oh yeah <laughs> Oh, that was definition. It sounds great. Game on. We can we can actually put a record out this right record and put a record out this year without even seeing each other. Very rad. That's very cool. Like That's... how technology can help us like that and 
the world it is today. <laughs> yeah, I'm excited about about that actually getting released because everything else I've done so far is in various stages of still being recorded um, right. by other members of those groups or in various stages of being mixed or whatever it is. Like once my drum parts were done and I sent them off, I have not heard anything past that. This is the first time I've gotten to hear something come back that's finished and be like, okay, here's what we did with your drums when you recorded them four months ago. Very cool. So, yeah. Right. right. So, so like, would you consider yourself in like, are you in a band at all? Or are you just totally open to recording I, for other bands and traveling with them when they ask you? Uh, I mean, it's a little bit of both. Um, so there's some bands that I've been with for a number of years. Uh, groups like the Rhythm Coffin. Uh, like I said, this is the third recording I've done with them. And I've, I've been with them for like three and a half years. Um, there's some other groups that um i look like i'm in the band like for all intensive purposes like as far as people are concerned seeing on paper i look like i'm in the band but behind the scenes i'm really not um so there, there are some groups that that i'm considered a member of and others that i just pretend i'm a member of you know for the for the public and then there's others yeah. where it's just like you're not even in the pictures kind of thing um I don't know if I have a preference one way or another. Um, I'm definitely always open to the experience of being in a band with people. That's fine. But it still has to be a little self-serving. Like, I can't join your band if it means I'm not going to pay my rent. Right. So, that's fair. Yeah. So there's always that prereq right on the table right from the beginning. Um, but I do enjoy kind of being the hired gun um, mainly because I, it gives me a variety of music to play. I'm, I'm not always doing one thing every single night. I get to do this kind of music with this person and that kind of music with that person. And then this with this one. And, and like this year alone, I did, uh, industrial hip hop rock. I've done some like super ballady queen sounding stuff. And I've some done some stuff where I'm just blasting double kick the whole time. Like I would not have that variety available to me if I was just playing in one or two bands, I'd be only doing that. Right. Right. And I get to flex my musical muscles a little bit more by, by being a hired gun. Very cool. Besides, um, music. Have you done like movie soundtracks or anything for TV shows? Uh, a little bit. Um, not a lot. Uh, I've, I've done some stuff where like a, a band was on a movie soundtrack kind of thing where um, I'm the drummer of whatever band it was and they got a song placed on a show or placed on a movie. Um, but in terms of like straight composition for something like that, I've done a little bit. I did a TV commercial one time where I, I wrote and composed the entire score for the commercial because they wanted a percussion score. Uh, I've done some stuff for some people that work very closely with music libraries where someone will hit up a particular producer and say, um, we want something that sounds like this kind of thing and then they would call and um hire me to play drums on it and 
what it actually gets used for a lot of the time i'm not even sure um so i i can't say i've done too much in the way of performing on a soundtrack for anything outside of like a band has a song on the soundtrack kind of thing um you know i haven't been getting phone calls from from film composers like hans zimmer or nothing like that <laughs> I wouldn't be opposed to it. Just, just nothing that's really come across my desk quite yet. Right. So, I have a question, and you know, I'm, I'm intrigued by what you do, and and being so flexible to work with all different genres and everything like that. How did it start? How did it come about for you to do this? In terms of um, being a studio, like being a, like being a, being a, a studio drummer to, to do tracks for other bands. So. Um, it, it goes back to like when I was in high school, uh, that's when I was kind of first turned on to the fact that there were people that did that, you know, growing up, you just think that a band is a band and a band has these particular members and that's who's always in that band. And it wasn't until I got a little bit older that I realized, oh, this one guy isn't really in that band and he played on that song and 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 it and once my eyes were open to that i was like it, it was like someone had turned the world upside down for me where i was like you mean he you mean they're not always in the same band and um i was at that age anyway where i was like all for one one for all i had my rock band that i was in in high school and we were like real strict with each other. We're like, this is our band and this is only our band. And none of us are allowed to go play with anybody else. And it's do or die. And that's the sort of mentality you have when you're 16. But um, I guess I was the first rebel of the group because some mutual friends of ours who had a band um, called me up one day and they were like, we have this show coming up and we need a drummer would you play drums for us? And I was like, kind of curious by this whole, like, I have to learn somebody else's song and play a show with a different band that's not my band. And I said, yes, and I did it. And then after that, it was, that was it for me. I was like, oh, this is great. I don't, I have my band, but I can just as easily play for them and them and them and get, more of a variety and get more stage time and get more studio time and get more like that opened up everything for me to the point where I just said, okay, you know what? I'm no longer all for one, one for all. <laughs> I, I'm going to be a little more self-serving and I'm going to play for everybody I can and get as much experience as I can and learn how to play with different musicians and learn how to play different styles of music and be exposed to different scenarios and situations and stuff like that. Um, if I had stuck to one thing, I would never know what it would be like to have to put a suit on and play for um, a retirement home or play at a wedding or play at an arena had I not said yes to all of those things. You know what I mean? Right. So yeah, I was probably in my late teens when I decided like I wanted to, you know, it was cool to be in a band, but I wanted to not just be in one band. I wanted to be in 
every band. <laughs> now, is, is there a certain band that, that called you out of the blue to do tracks and you were, for lack of a better word, fanboyish about it? Like, oh my God, this band just called me? Um, yeah, I, I've had that once or twice. Um, one, one was, uh, it, I can't say I was fanboyish, but I, it was one of those things where, um, people kept asking if I'd heard of this group and I'm like, well, only because people keep asking me if I've heard of them. And then, uh, I don't remember how I got even connected with them, but they called and they're like, you want to play some songs on our record? And I was like, well, everyone keeps asking if I know you guys anyway. So yes. And, um, uh, worked with a really fantastic, very reputable producer on that record, which was awesome because he was kind of a big name guy, which I didn't quite realize at the time until later. And I looked and I was like, oh my God, he's actually worked on some of my favorite records, um, which is good because then I would have been super nervous. Um, right, right. <laughs> right. Um, and that's one of those records too, where like I go back and I listen to it, and I'm like, I'm not sure which ones, which songs were me and which ones. Were me. Um, uh, but it was still that was still a cool experience, and and I had another one too, where like I had gotten to kind of know these guys, and they were kind of a bigger deal, and um, I did a music video with them, and um. I was supposed to play live with them a couple of times and schedules didn't work out. And sometimes some stuff was canceled and didn't happen. And then they asked if I would come in and play a couple songs on their new record. Um, I did some overdub stuff on a live record they were doing. And then I uh, did some studio tracks for them on their next record. But I don't think they actually ended up using any of the stuff that I cut. Um, they wanted kind of a different, it, it was just when I recorded for them, it was just me and the producer alone like the band wasn't at the studio at all so it was kind of just left up to us and uh you know when they got the drums back that i had done i guess they just kind of had a different vision and they were like oh we were kind of hoping for something more like this and i was like oh well i didn't know that <laughs> but it didn't like it didn't ruin our friendship or anything like that we've still hung out um We've, we've intermingled and members of that band have worked with me in other projects and I've worked with them in other projects and stuff like that too, which was kind of cool. Um, so, you know, it wasn't like anything got weird or nothing like that. Like I didn't get offended that they decided not to use the, the stuff that I recorded for them. Um, it was like, okay, well, that's not what you were looking for. Fine. The, the, you know, no worries. We're cool. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Very cool. Yeah. Do you have um, people asking you to do lessons or little tutorials on how to basically where to begin with drumming? Uh, yeah, I do uh, offer lessons, actually, um, right here from this room. Um, so you, it's dark. You can't see it, but there's a flat screen monitor right here, and there's a webcam there, and there's a webcam over here, and then sometimes I have another one on the other side, and um, that's all for lessons. So uh, I've actually been teaching for, um, as of this month, 19 years. Oh, wow. That's amazing. And, yeah, and uh, makes me feel old. And um, I, have, um, I have about 30 private students right now, um, and some of them are spread out in other states even, which thanks to technology, we can do that now. Um, 
And so uh, teaching has always kind of been a big part of my career and my practice. It's always been sort of um, ongoing uh, throughout the, the last 20 years or so where even if I go off on tour, when I come back, you know, I kind of just push pause with students and then come back and they're, they jump right back into it, which is kind of cool. Oh, and, yeah. yeah I, mean, I, I haven't been asked for specific tutorials on specific things, although I've started doing some just, just cause like songs that I actually do record or, or have recorded with bands or play live with a certain band. Um, if they grant permission, I'll do like a how-to video on their songs, which is kind of cool. And I just started doing that. Uh, one band asked me to do it. And then I was like, well, I wonder if other bands would want me to do this too. So I started calling some of the other groups that I work for. And um, so I've been doing some YouTube tutorials on like, here's how to play this song. Um, and it's specific to those bands. I'm not doing like cover videos because everybody does YouTube covers now and to be honest right. I think it's dumb. So um so these are original songs by the original artists and they are all people that I personally work for either studio or live or both. Um but in terms of private lessons like one on one you want to learn how to play drums. Yes I I do offer lessons that way and I always have. Right now it's all remote. I don't do anything in person for obvious reasons. Um, that wasn't always the case. You know, that started in March. But um, prior to that, it was mainly one-on-one uh, -on -one private lessons. But now it's all online. And like I said, I got students in other states, which is kind of cool. Because help grow here. Your... Yeah. Oh, you can literally be anywhere in the world. And as long as we figure out the time zone thing, we can make it happen. Exactly. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, I had it and I lost it. Yeah, you did. Yeah, I watched it. <laughs> it went right on, right on my head. Um, while I think of that one, I saw you post it on your Facebook story today. Mm -hmm. You want a Bill's mask and a Bill's jersey. Oh, yeah. As you oh, can yeah. see, we're both wearing, we're both wearing the Pats. I, I'm, and I purposely am not commenting on that because, <laughs> look, the Pats are the back of the NFL, all right? They're like, this is how I equate them. The Pats are Nickelback. Nobody yeah, has, that's like, not an insult. Nickelback's the shit. <laughs> here's the thing. You, you've won an ungodly amount of Super Bowls, just like Back. Nickelback has sold millions and millions of records. But Back. if you're not from New England, everybody hates you. Just yep. like if you're not <laughs> If you're not Canadian, everybody hates them. So, and people like to hate, and people like to. Yeah. I, I had a roommate years ago who's from Boston and super, super huge Pats fan. And I used to just like walk through the living room on like game day and just be like, Tom Brady sucks. And he, his whole demeanor would change. Like, he, it was like, I just. Take it quite serious here. <laughs> almost like I just call his mom a dirty name or something like that. So <laughs> Which made me love to do it. But yes, I am a Bills fan. I've been a Bills fan since day one because I grew up in Buffalo. And okay. That was uh, that was that was my next question to yeah. figure out how you became a Bills fan when you're in Los Angeles. But it makes sense that you since you grew up in Buffalo, 
unfortunately, yeah. now you're a Bills fan. Well, they won <laughs> today. So. Hey, what do you mean, unfortunately? We're four-time AFC champions, four consecutive years in a row. Not many people can <laughs> say that, okay? And we have the best fans in the world. Like, uh, I don't know about that one. <laughs> <laughs> No, no, anytime somebody's on the news for doing something stupid at a tailgate party, it's still fan. <laughs> we have the absolute best fans. It doesn't matter. We'll be out there in negative 10-degree weather, and we'll still sell out every game. So, and we won today. I'm giving that. Opener. So, I, no, I love it. I got a bill sticker on my car. All right. I got the, the mask just came in the mail yesterday, which was perfect. My dad sent me that. And I can't. Uh, I can't be mad at someone representing their hometown and their team. No, 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 we're doing no it. it's, it's, it's and Tom Brady's a traitor now, so you can call him whatever you want. And Tom Brady lost. <laughs> he lost. You know, I was curious because I I know some people that are still kind of even though he left the team, he like people are still supporting him because of what a great athlete he is. He's a traitor. Like, so you're See, not like, dirty traitor. I still support him because what because of what he brought New England. Yeah, he did good for our team. And then he uh, left. How do you think you guys are gonna do without him? I'm just curious. I think we're gonna do great because Cam Newton's a psychopath. I think, <laughs> I think we're gonna do good, but I think the plays that they design with Cam are gonna get old quick with the running plays. Well, Bill Belichick wanted a running team for a couple of years, so so we'll see. But I think it, I think we're gonna we'll do good. Maybe not Super Bowl bound, but we'll do good. Uh, we'll we'll be in the Super Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> I'm being realistic. <laughs> Way too early to start counting them chickens. I net like you're right. You're right. I I had a a bandmate years ago who like it'd be preseason. It'd be like. Build your Super Bowl bound this year. Like he was like, they're looking <laughs> like, dude, by the end of October, we're gonna tank. You know it. It happens every year. <laughs> and like, a couple of years ago, I uh, I was back home visiting for New Year's, and it was New Year's Eve uh, was the last game, and the that was the first time the Bills made the playoffs in like 19 years or something like that. And I was home for it, and downtown Buffalo that night, you would have thought that, like, we had won the Super Bowl. All we did was make the playoffs. <laughs> All the buildings are lit up red, white, and blue. They're blowing fireworks off. I was in this little um, awful dive bar that my friends and I used to hang out at. The place is packed, and at the stroke of midnight, they played party like it's 1999 because that was the last year we made the playoffs. Oh, my God. That's amazing. <laughs> By the Bills theme song. And then every hour on the hour, they played the Bills theme song again. So they played it again at 1 a.m., 2 a.m., 3 a.m., and 4 a.m. And every single time it never got old, the whole place erupted. I saw a dude crowd surfing in like the right. bar when they That's were playing. It was absolute chaos down and I was like, all we did was make the playoffs. We're going to get knocked out in the first round. And we did. And no one cared. It. No one cared. <laughs> <at all. laughs> we'll get knocked out in the first round. We broke the curse. Exactly. <laughs> well, and that's, and that's where, that's where you can see true fans and yeah. the support their team, regardless, they could win one game. And but to your point, it could like, we win in the Super Bowl, but to make the playoffs and have that kind of craziness in the streets, like they're in new England, 
it's that's a good feeling. <laughs> yeah. No, I I love it, and I I love the the fandom and the fanfare that that team brings. I I wish they could say the same thing for our hockey team because I'm a big <laughs> hockey. Fan. I grew up playing hockey. I Me too. Also, I also have a Sabres sticker on my car and a Sabres tattoo. But he's a hockey guy. I'm the, I'm, hockey I'm the hockey guy. geek. I grew up playing all my life. Oh yeah, me too. And the thing, the difference is between like, and it's weird because it's still in Buffalo, and the teams are owned by the same people. But the difference between hockey fans and and football fans is it doesn't matter how bad the Bills are tanking, they still sell out every game, and mm-hmm. people never lose hope. But when the Sabers start tanking real bad, oh, those those arenas start getting half full. They start. I've, Heard them get booed during the middle of a game like more than once. I've seen it happen here in Boston too with the Bruins. Oh man! But that's real different. (laughs) That's for another story. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It's been a blast talking with you. We got to let you go because we got a couple of minutes left. Oh Um, yeah. And I know uh, you're doing a a signed drumhead, I believe, and a pair of your custom drumsticks for a raffle prize tonight. Um, I, I'm happy to do that. I got, um, a stack of used drum heads. They've, they've all either been used on this kit during a recording session, or I might have one or two left that actually like was on the road at some point. Um, but I'd be happy to sign one of those and, and toss in, uh, a pair of my, uh, signature drumsticks. Um, yeah, just let me know where I got to send them and, and when, and I'll, I'll make sure it's all taken care of right away. Awesome. We appreciate Thank that. Thank you so much for taking time out tonight to uh, sit down and talk with us. We have to learn more about you, which is awesome. Yeah, it's been a blast. Uh, yeah. Can't this wait is- to have you back on down the road when things hopefully open up and you're on the road and we get to talk about what it's like being back on the road and things like yeah, that. Yeah, we so. can meet up in person. I'm <laughs> much looking forward to that, and I'd love to do it in person when, I, when I'm allowed to be in that part of the country again. Yes. Absolutely. Nick, thank you so much. We will plug everything, uh, all your links on our website, hellentertainment.com. I'll send you the link when it's up and and ready so you can share it out if you don't mind to your social sites. I'll, of course, share it. And uh, we'll be talking to you soon. Thank you very much. Enjoy your night. Thank you. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Well, that was Nick Mason, Living Dead Drummer. Super cool guy. Super cool what he does. Hell yeah. Um, You don't really realize... That there's other people, that there's folks out there that do that to oh, record yeah, on, on albums. For sure. That's, uh, That's very cool. Because to his point, you think a band is a band is a band. Exactly. You think they're a five piece band? Well, no, they could be like a seven piece band, someone else laying tracks. And mm-hmm. That's very cool. Scenes. Yeah, absolutely. Really I, can't, I can't, can't wait to meet up with him when he comes on a tour. Yeah. That's going to be great. Uh, we are just about out of time tonight, folks. Thank you so much. Once again, we would like to remind you. Next week, you can find us on the YouTube. You can find us on Twitch. And uh, we will be posting those links on our social sites, on the Hellfire social sites, where you can find us. We might pop in once in a while this week just to give you a quick little video reminder of where we're going, what we're doing. Um, also, our pumpkin carving contest that we have going on. Don't forget. All the information will be up on Helen. is actually up on hellentertainment.com and on the Hell Entertainment Facebook. And I did post it to the Hellfire Facebook. Yes, and you do have to carve the pumpkin. You cannot paint it. You have to carve it. You have to carve it and send a picture in with your carved pumpkin so we know you didn't take it off the internet. Yeah. Yeah. No cheating. 
No cheating. But also, reminder, try and videotape it because we are going to do a cool video mash about pumpkin carving. So. Yes, we are. And um, also, don't forget, next week we're going to have Drew with us. Sure are. Drew will be live in studio via virtual. Via virtual. <laughs> we're going to talk with him and have a good time. And you're going to catch Ashley and myself later on tonight on the Instagram for Center Sunday's recap. And also on the Live 365 app on Tuesdays at 11.30 a.m. Central Standard Time, 12.30 Eastern Standard Time for your recap on Center Sundays. Yes. All the good stuff. The main thing to find us, Entertainment.com. Don't forget. And we'll see you guys uh, next Sunday. See you guys next Sunday. Bye. See ya. <laughs>